Well, you got to love technology. It always uh, can help out. So we'll try to post that video a little later. You can see it. But happy Mother's Day. If you have your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. This is a standalone sermon just for today. Next week, we begin our new series in James, A Living Faith. You will not want to miss it as we kick off that summer series. But right now, turn to Proverbs chapter 31. If you have a Bible, um, if you don't, there should be one there in the seat back in front of you, or you'll see the words on the screen, hopefully, in just a few moments. We may not have anything working up there as right now. But for many weeks, a six-year-old boy kept telling his first-grade teacher about the new baby that was expected at his house. Well, one day, the mother allowed the boy, his name was Tommy, to feel the movements of this child in her belly. The baby was beginning to kick, to move, all that kind of stuff. Well, the six-year-old put his hand, Tommy put his hands out there on the mother's tummy and was obviously impressed. Eyes got real big, mouth dropped open. I mean, he was beside himself. But he made no comment. And what's interesting is after that moment, he stopped telling his teacher at school about the expected new baby at their house. So after a couple weeks of not hearing anything, and after some time of hearing something about this new baby every day, the teacher finally sat Tommy down and said, listen, Tommy, whatever became of that new baby that you were expecting at home? Well, Tommy said, I don't want to talk about it. He says, why? What's, you know, what's going on? What happened? Because, Tommy said, tears are now running down his cheeks. Because my mommy ate the baby. I love that. Um, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers. And in honor of this day, I want to look at seven characteristics of the noble woman. Now, there can be more characteristics, sure, but I want to look at seven. And not just the noble wife, not just the noble mother or daughter or sister, niece or aunt, but the noble woman. Characteristics that are listed in Proverbs Thirty-one. Now, I do want to say that there are some in this room who don't know their biological mother for a variety of reasons, or there are some whose mother or stepmother more resembled Cinderella's stepmother than a noble woman. There are some who have lost a mother. There are some women in this room who maybe you don't have a child, can't have a child, or lost a child. And so I know this can be a difficult day, difficult season, because there are many in the shoes of Hannah and 1 Samuel. When it comes to motherhood, no matter what your situation, there are many full of grief or anger or uncertainty or loss. Because I really don't have any words other than the Lord is with you, just as he was with Hannah. And he cares for you, just as he did for Hannah. And the church is with you and cares for you. And the Lord wants us all to hear this passage, not so much from the perspective of wife or mother, daughter, sister, niece, or aunt, but woman. And it is a passage not just for 
women or directed at women. In reality, in a way, it's more directed at us men, boys. It's a calling, a command to honor and respect and appreciate women. To give thanks to God. To praise God for the noble women in our lives and in this world. For without them, for without you, ladies, we learn early on in Scripture, things would not be good. And so we're told these words in Proverbs 31 are inspired by a noble woman. At the beginning of this chapter, we read that these verses are the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. It's much like Timothy, whose mother and grandmother greatly impacted and shaped and molded him in his faith. So it is here with Lemuel. Now there's debate on who Lemuel is. Some think King Hezekiah. Others think the king of Massa. Massa was one of the sons of Ishmael, the founder of this Arabian tribe and nation. Others, though, traditionally have identified Lemuel as King Solomon. And if that's the case, then these words are inspired by Bathsheba, his mother. Either way, these things, these general truths were taught to him by a very strong, wise woman. And in verse 10, there is a question given as we open up this passage. A woman, this word can be translated female or wife, but a woman of noble character who can find. Hence today's title, The Noble Woman. And this woman who is described, yes, she's a wife, yes, she's a mother, yes, these are her family roles, but she is a noble woman, female. And this word noble simply just means strength. In other words, it's one of strong character, integrity, humility, leadership. Thus, what is described in these verses are characteristics possessed by the noble, strong, wise woman of high integrity and high influence. So look at Proverbs 31, verse 10. We still don't have the screens up and going, so I'll just read along here. This is what we read, verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. Verse 14, she's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. Verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. 
She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and they call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Verse 30. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So honor her for all their hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Now seven is the number of completion of wholeness, and here we find seven characteristics. Again, there's more, but seven here at least laid out that give us a complete whole picture of the noble woman. So no particular order. Here is number one. The noble woman is hard-working. We're told that this woman, she works with eager hands. She brings food from afar. She gets up early. She provides for her family and those under her care. She works vigorously. Her arms are strong. Her lamps don't go out at night. In other words, she's constantly on watch. She's not idle, we're told. The noble woman is diligent. She works hard. She's constantly doing something. Organizing, communicating, leading, serving, overseeing, cleaning, evaluating, working hard. Always thinking of others. Always seeking to provide. Always seeking to care for others. When COVID hit Vietnam, there was this woman, this mother, who could no longer cross the border to Laos to farm rice and bananas. This was her job a farmer in Laos for rice and bananas. And so when COVID hit and the shutdowns came along, she was left without an income. That meant her family was in trouble. That meant her community was in trouble. But this woman took matters into her own hands. She noticed as a result of the shutdowns that local farmers could not sell their crops. So what she did is she launched a delivery service for all the nearby villages. She would literally take photos of the products, put them on Facebook, and then take the orders online and then deliver the items to the customer's doorstep while riding a motorcycle. She literally became Amazon in her area. And thanks to her idea and hard work, local farmers stayed in business, families kept food on the table, and she then earned a very steady income for her and her family. A noble woman. She works with eager hands. She's constantly being diligent and working hard. She brings food from afar. She's not idle. She works hard. Number two, the noble woman is prepared. We're told that she can laugh at the days to come. She's not afraid of them. She's prepared for them. She watches over the affairs of her home. When it snows, she has no fear because she's ready for it. She's prepared. And this benefits not just her, but those under her care and influence. I remember growing up, and this now rings true with Stephanie, who's in extended session today. But I remember growing up, and now this rings true for Stephanie, that Anytime we are away from home, we're at church, we're on vacation, we're at the park, we're at the pool, we're in the car, 
doesn't matter. If the kids need something, if I need something, a drink, a snack, a Kleenex, a Band-Aid, a piece of gum, who do we go to? Stephanie. Growing up, who do we go to? We went to my mom. Why? Because she's always prepared. Even if it means overpacking. Even if it means carrying around a heavy honking bag. She's prepared for rain even. Even this morning, Stephanie's like, hey, it's raining. Do you have your umbrella? I'm like, no, I'll worry about it when I'm out in the rain. What are you talking about? Do I have my umbrella? She's always prepared, not just for herself, but for those under her care. She's prepared for snow, for sun, for hunger, for thirst. She's prepared. And anytime it's just me, and I'm with the kids by myself, and we go to the park, or we go in the car somewhere, and they ask me, hey, I'm thirsty. Hey, I need something to eat. What do I tell them? Just wait. (laughs) Because I'm not prepared for this. The noble woman is hardworking. She's prepared. Number three, the noble woman is discerning. She's discerning. We read this in verse 16, that she considers a field and then buys it. Men, generally speaking, we buy the field and then we consider it. A couple of years ago, we were at the ocean and we were going to jump off this massive rock. And we didn't just find this random rock. This was a very popular place where people would jump off this rock into the ocean. It was a very common place. Well, I walk up there first and I hear that people have done this before and I look down and then I just jump. I'm trusting the situation. I don't consider it before, I, I just jump. Then I talk Stephanie into it, emphasis on the talking her into this, and I talk her into going up on this big massive rock and standing there and before she jumps, she considers everything. How deep is it? What am I to do with my form? What do I do with my hands, my legs? How do I jump? What do I do this? Do I just walk off? Like, what do I do? Do I run off? She's considering everything. Has anybody ever gotten hurt? Have they ever broken something? Have they ever died from doing this? She is considering everything, and then she jumps. The noble woman is discerning. She considers the situation, the circumstances, the decision. There's a phrase Stephanie uses with our kids, and it's caught on with me, but not as much. It's be careful. Be careful. What is she saying that to our kids for? She discerns that the action they are partaking in may lead to something that will cause hurt, pain, sadness. So be careful. And in a world full of decisions, decisions, decisions. Do we move? Do we stay? Do we, do we take this job? Do we not take this job? Do, do we continue in that relationship? Do we not continue in that relationship? Do we invest here? Do we not invest here? What do we do with our kids or grandkids? What do we make about this decision? In a world full of decisions, we need the noble woman because she's discerning. And we as men need to listen to that discernment. Because for many men, this describes their lives, their jobs, their families. These verses right here, Proverbs 24, 30, and 31. I went past the field of the sluggard, that lazy bum. I went past the vineyard of the man who lacks judgment, who lacks discernment. Thorns had come up everywhere on his field. The ground was covered with weeds, and the stone wall was in ruins. 
Well, that describes many men, their lives, their jobs, their families. The noble woman considers. She has sound judgment. She considers the field, its current state, its potential state. Then she buys it. Or she walks away. We need the noble woman's discernment in today's culture, family, workplace, life, and our men's lives. So she works hard. She's prepared. She's discerning. Number four, the noble woman is loving. She's loving and caring to her households, her family, her friends, those under her care. She serves them. She feeds them. She leads them. She provides for them. She oversees them. She loves on them. But not only that, we're told, she opens herself up to the poor and the needy. There was a woman named Aliyah. She was a former teacher in Syria, and things have gotten really, really bad in Syria, especially for women. And when things got really, really bad, she was forced to flee her home with just the clothes on her back and her six children. She was by herself, clothes on her back, six children, leaving the country, the only place she'd ever known. She was homeless. She was terrified. Her and her six children ended up living in an abandoned tent for like three months. But then a fire came through that area and destroyed their tent. Again, she was left with nothing. She finally found a refugee camp in Jordan where she is now trying to rebuild her life for her and her children, but not just for her and her children. Even in her circumstances, she's now fighting for the rights of all girls and women in her area. She joined this team in the refugee camp, and she leads volunteers to make sure girls understand their rights and don't have to endure what she went through. She said, I feel like that I'm making a difference. Girls are now empowered, and they feel entitled to every bit of their rights. And you can feel the confidence and the energy that these girls have. She says it's inspiring. The noble woman is loving to her household. She cares for them, her family, her friends, those under her care or influence. But not only that, she's constantly aware of the needs around her. She opens herself up to the poor and the needy. And she loves on them and cares for them. So we see that the noble woman, she works hard, she's prepared, she's discerning, she's loving. And number five, the noble woman is wise. We're told in verse 26 that she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. We're told in the Psalms and Proverbs throughout that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That all who follow the Lord's teachings have good understanding. The noble woman, she fears the Lord and follows his teachings. Thus, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instructions. She has good understanding. In other words, when the noble woman gives you advice, you listen. Because she's full of wisdom. Because she is one who has been with the Lord. The noble woman is wise. Number six, the noble woman is praiseworthy. Verse 30. Women in general, noble women specifically, deserve to be recognized and honored. Because we men and boys, the world, 
We are blessed because of her. So we must thank God and we must praise God for the noble women in our lives because without them, again, things would not be good. And because we must know that the noble woman is priceless. Bill, can you go to the next one? We're getting there. You got, you got six of them, so that's good. Number seven, noble woman is priceless. Think about a ring. Think about a wedding venue. Think about a college, tuition, a vacation, a car, a house, a pair of jeans. All these things have a price tag. How much do they cost? The noble woman is beyond value. She's priceless. She's irreplaceable. She's beyond riches. So we must thank God and praise God for the noble women in our lives in this world because they're hardworking, they're prepared, they're discerning, they're loving, they're wise. They're priceless. So to all you mothers or wives or women like the noble woman described here, I don't think sometimes you quite understand or know what you have done and are doing and will do. Your influence. You protect, you keep, you provide, you guide, you carry, you sacrifice, you oversee, you're stable and constant. So many moms who have stood in the gap when the father's nowhere to be found. Sure, you've made mistakes. We all have. Even Mary left Jesus at the supermarket, if you will. You've gone through rough times, but no matter what, you have stood by. You have loved, you have cared for unconditionally. So we thank you because we're blessed because of you. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything you are doing, everything that you will do. So to summarize, I was trying to think of a picture to capture the noble woman. And it may not be the best picture, but I landed on this children's book that we have at home. I'm not sure if we can, yeah, there you go, this Love You Forever book. Some of you have read this. If you haven't, you will cry through it almost every time. The book follows the mom and her son and the different stages of life as he grows up. And at every stage, you see her take him in her arms. We'll go to the next one there. Just like this. And she very slowly, she rocks him back and forth, back and forth. And while she rocks him, she sings, I love you forever. I like you for always. And as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And all throughout the book, what is implied and shown is this noble woman, this mother working hard, providing for, overseeing, loving, and caring for her son, the one entrusted to her care. And she loved her son dearly, no matter what, even at his weakest moments, she was there. And with this picture 
of the noble woman in this book, I couldn't help but think of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary held Jesus, rocked him back and forth, back and forth. She provided and cared for him and oversaw him, loved him. She was his mother. But then Mary was also one of the ones at the foot of the cross, beholding her son, his weakest moment, bleeding before her, dying before her. You especially see this in John's gospel. And it's a crucial moment because to all of us, as we celebrate women and Mother's Day, we need to see what Mary sees about her special son, which she reveals in her song in Luke chapter 1. This is part of that song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is Mary speaking in her song. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. See, Mary realized something, I think, at the foot of the cross. That that song would have been recorded later, later on. When she stood there beside John and the others, we learn her perspective in this song. That the tables for her had been turned. This son of hers is not just any son. He's her savior. And while she held him for a little while and rocked him back and forth and back and forth, it's now him holding her. So at the end of the children's book, the table is turned. The son is now holding the mother. And he rocks her back and forth, back and forth. And he sings, I love you forever. I like you for always. And as long as I'm living, my mommy, you'll be. I'm thankful for mothers, my mom, mothers-in-laws, grandmothers, great-grandmothers. I'm thankful for Stephanie, incredible wife, blessed, awesome mother. And I'm thankful for all the noble women in this room, of all generations, and in this world. I'm thankful for Mary, who was blessed, who was noble, but who also realized that she wasn't perfect, that none of us are. But that her son, Jesus, was the perfect son of God. That he is the perfect one. He is the noble one. He is the one who works hard, who is prepared, who is discerning and wise, who deserves to be praised, who is priceless. The one who holds us always and forever. And he is the one who has blessed us with female with women and the noble women in our lives and in our world. So men, boys, let us honor them, respect them, praise God for them today and always. And noble women, we say thank you. We're blessed. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm going to invite the team forward. We're going to have a a time of invitation. If you have a decision you need to make, maybe it's to join the church, maybe it's to pray about something, to turn from a sin, repent of something, 
Maybe it's salvation. You, you, you need to give your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe it's falling through in baptism. Whatever that is, even as I pray, you come forward during this time of invitation. Father, we praise you for who you are. We thank you for your words. We thank you for the gift of women, of wives, mothers, daughters, sisters, nieces, aunts. We thank you for all the noble women in our lives and in this world. May we honor and respect them. And Lord, for those who find themselves in a difficult season, be with them and care for them. Whatever decision we have to make today, may we be obedient in that. In Christ's name I pray, amen. I ask that you stand with us as we sing. You come forward during this time. <laughs>